Michigan State has found their man. Oregon State coach Jonathan Smith will be named the 26th head coach in Michigan State football history during a press conference on Tuesday. The hire comes one day after the Spartans finished a tumultuous, challenging season at 4-8 and eight, and marks the end of a several-month search led by athletic director Alan Haller. What do we think of the hire, and what does it mean for the future of MSU football? We will discuss on episode 129 of M Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion and Matt Wenzel with you on Monday, November 27th, 2023. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday, visiting with friends and family, uh, watching the football, watching the sports, watching the basketball was all over the place. Uh, Matt, what's up? Uh, Over under four plates of Thanksgiving food this weekend for you. (laughs) Under, under, but uh, you know, I always supplement with a little late night pizza. You know, you got to have that, that second meal or that third meal there at the end. So did have two plates of uh, two helpings of uh, the press box food at Ford Field, so uh, that was that was good. Nice. They had the Thanksgiving food going there, or what did they? No, no, no. It was like uh, you know salad and uh, barbecue chicken, which is uh, my number one food. So all good. Everyone's favorite Thanksgiving leftovers: barbecue chicken. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh... Yeah, I had I was right on the number. I had four plates over the two days there. So uh, including after the Michigan State uh, Penn State game came back and enjoyed a little late night plate. And uh, it was delicious. I love you know, I love Thanksgiving food as long as it's smothered in gravy. So, uh, you know, not the not the results that Michigan State wanted this weekend, I guess. You know, Michigan State basketball loses a tough game to Arizona and the football team. uh in front of a pretty good crowd there at, at Ford Field, I thought, uh, you know, really couldn't put up any any fight against Penn State. Obviously, the game is not going to be the focus of this episode, but uh, just give me a, qu- a quick thought on the season coming to an end and uh, kind of just putting this all behind because the Penn State game is not what anyone wanted. No, no. I mean, I will touch on on the crowd. That was I was impressed. There was more people. I thought the crowd, the turnout would be would be decent. Um, there was, was 51,000 was the announced attendance, and that didn't look like one of those, you know, fudge numbers. It was. It was a good crowd. It was a loud crowd. They just didn't have anything to cheer for. Uh, you know, just kind of a perfect way, a uh, fitting way to to end this season with, I don't even know what to call that. Uh, I would say that the game probably should have been stopped in the third quarter and and for health and safety reasons. It, it's, it was non, I mean, <laughs> 53 yards of offense, you know, the lowest in program history. They lost 25 yards in there or whatever it was in the second half. So yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break down that game, but needless to say, there's a lot of work for for Jonathan Smith to do taking over this program. Yeah, and I think if you look at the season in a whole, like yeah, the Mel Tucker stuff obviously did not help these guys stay focused or you know threw them into even more of a challenge against them. But man, I don't know if we're not having this conversation about Mel Tucker needing to lose his job and then paying a bunch of money. You know, we talked about how unlikely it would be for them to fire him because of the contract, but. I don't know how much of a difference Mel Tucker being on the sideline would have mattered for this season to go in a different direction. And this is just not it. This is not the way you want it. The trajectory is not there. And uh, I mean, this is year four. So uh, either way, it was not what you wanted. And it's kind of a moot point at this point because Michigan State does have a new coach. Uh, we found out in the middle of the Ohio State-Michigan game uh, that Jonathan Smith, Oregon State's coach will be named the next coach at Michigan State. Uh, He's a guy that we did mention on our pod a few weeks ago as a potential candidate. He was the first one I threw out there. I thought that he was he was kind of my number one pick all along. You know, you had some loudmouths out there pining for Urban Meyer and there was other names out there. But Jonathan Smith was always the guy from a culture fit that I felt was going to be the best fit that could, could go with Michigan state because he does, he believes in a lot of the same things um, that, you know, a guy like Mark Antonio did. I think he fits with sort of the, 
the mentality and the hard-nosed style that the, the university wants to protrude. And I'm not sure Mel Tucker did all that. Uh, I think he said some of those things, but I don't know if he actually meant it. I think Jonathan Smith actually means it. So, I mean, what do you what do you make of the fit in the hire? I mean, were you surprised that he's the guy that they actually went with? Or no, no, I, I think he's a, I, you know, who knows how this works out? You know, nobody, nobody can tell right now, but this looks like a really good fit. You know, he's a, a program builder. Um, he gives a, you know, it's a, it's a new look, you know, it's a guy who, you know, the last time, you know, Michigan State is, you know, Mark D'Antonio and Mel were both Ohio, you know, roots in Ohio, you know, secondary coaches by trade. And now you got a quarterback by trade, an offensive mind, but and a guy who, who has never coached East of Montana, but he knows how to build a program. You know, he was a walk, he, he's a California native who, who showed up at Oregon State as a walk-on quarterback and became what he started like the last 38 games of his career. He left there as the, you know, career record holder in, in, you know, passing yards and touchdowns. And, you know, he led the team to the best season in program history, you know, 11 wins and he was the Fiesta Bowl MVP. So he, I mean, he's got a story to tell. Uh, you know, I think that's something that will resonate with players. Um, and, you know, I, I spent an hour on the phone last night talking to, our, you know, our sister paper, the Oregonian talking to, uh, their beat writer, um, uh, Nick Dashel, and you know, just to get a feel sense for him, and and yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a good fit. Um, it's an interesting background, and he's already brought five assistants with him, so they really needed a you know, give all, all again, all credit to Harlan for for what he did in an impossible position, but you know, they needed a they needed to hit the reset button on, on this thing and and go in a different direction. Not saying that Harlan won't be won't remain with the staff. There's certainly that possibility. I think you'd like to see a little bit of continuity and at least one guy, one coach remaining, but it won't be a coordinator, um, obviously. And, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the fit. He just, uh, just finished. He just wrapped up on BTN doing an interview and said he had his first team meeting, um, today. And, and basically he's said, you know, I've got to establish trust with these guys, you know, they don't know me and, and he doesn't know them. So, go from there. And, but I think, yeah, I think it's, I, I would say, you know, based on everything possible, that was about as good as it could have worked out for Michigan state, given, you know, who he is, his background, what people think about him and, and credit to Alan Haller for wrapping it up about as, as drama free as possible. Besides all that urban Meyer chatter out there, you know, less than what, a little more than 12 hours after the season ended, they announced the head coach and, and it was, you know, no drama and, and the timing is ideal because, you know, he has a little more than a week before the portal opens. Well, it's a week now. Um, although, you know, Darius Snow went in as a graduate transfer today, but grad transfers can enter at any time. So he's got to evaluate the roster and, and try and get talent to stay. Um, he's got a recruiting class to salvage. And either way, the, the timing, I think, was was obviously ideal for them and giving him a shot to hit the ground running and, and do what he can uh, to try and move this program forward from an ugly situation. Yeah, I mean, count like his former receivers at Oregon State, you know, Chad Johnson, TJ Hushmanzada, a couple of former NFL guys that stuck around forever. They obviously both, you know, were, were singing his praises on Twitter. The national reaction has been almost overwhelmingly positive to the hire, Matt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I see guy giving him A pluses and A's. Chad Chad Johnson said he is. He, that's the reason he's in the NFL, and he still owes him a uh, Alexis. So that's that's quite the endorsement there. So uh, for whatever that's worth, I don't I don't think he'll need that Alexis. I think he'll be able to afford it. 
Yeah, my, my guess is Jonathan can buy his own Lexus now, but that's just a hunch. You know, we don't have contract numbers yet, but I'm, I'm guessing that. But, you know, I guess, you know, he's 44 years old. He's a younger guy. You mentioned program builder. You know, he's his him and his staff have developed sort of a hard-nosed mentality playing, you know, solid defense, running the ball. Damian Martinez has been one of the best running backs in the country the last few years. And Oregon State has had a culture of running the ball, and that's exactly what Michigan State wants to do. We've said it so many times in Michigan State when they run the ball, they win. But, you know, I guess the West Coast stuff, you know, if, if you look at his his career track, you know, obviously it was a GA at Oregon State, coach quarterbacks at Idaho and then uh, Montana, quarterbacks coach at Boise State and then uh, Washington's offensive coordinator. Um, I know Chris Peterson, who had a lot of success at, at both Boise and Washington is, uh, you know, one of his main mentors, which I like a lot. Um, but, you know, and I guess I guess he has that makes that means I'm just now realizing this, Matt, but. If he was at Boise State in 12 and 13, didn't Boise play at Michigan State one of those years? So he has at least been on the Michigan State sideline once. He said something yep. about that? Yeah, he addressed that. TV folks caught up with him yesterday at the airport for a very brief uh, interview, and he had said, yeah, yeah, I remember that game, and, you know, we got beat, and basically said crowd was great, and, and the atmosphere was great, and I'm ready to be on the other sideline. What do you make of, you know, I guess, you know, we talked about it on the pod. I guess if you were going to point out like one concern, it would be, you know, no Midwest roots. Uh, a lot of these guys, he's bringing on the staff, five of the assistants, mostly out West guys. One way that you can do that is by bringing in some assistance. You know, I, I know a lot of people are, are clamoring for uh, Courtney Hawkins, wide receiver coach to maybe stick around. Um, and uh, obviously Harlan is a guy who's been around, knows the program. So you can, he does have some uh, assistant spots to fill and he could absolutely do that with Midwest guys. I guess some of these assistants that he did bring though are do have some Midwest uh I think one of them's what from Wisconsin and some of them have that in there. But I guess that's like the the main concern that I've heard people bring up other than, you know, just like the, the situation that the program's currently in. I mean, how much do you view that as a concern? Well I think that I mean it was it was rather I mean, just kind of inexplicable. I just never understood Mel, you know, when he got introduced, he talked about winning Detroit and you got to go in Ohio. I mean, he's a Cleveland native. He knows the talent that's there and they just kind of he quit on Ohio. He quit on Ohio. Never really quite understood that, you know, the national approach worked in some ways and it didn't in others. And either way, I think that Harlan even talked about this after the game. He's like, you know, this is Michigan State, you know, five-hour radius, you know, in-state, you know, Ohio, you know, Pittsburgh, getting to the DMV a little bit, getting to Georgia, and, you know, that's that's kind of the, the blueprint for success there. So I think he'll embrace that. And, yeah, you're going to want – I mean, the, the coaching staff being, you know, mostly all West Coast guys, um, so I should just get it out of the way, but – uh, he's already brought five assistants with him. So there's OC and QB's coach, Brian Lindgren, OL coach, Jim. Oh, I'm going to but butcher it. I heard it pronounced a number of times last night. Mikhail, Mikhailzik. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, we got time. We got time to learn it. You're good. Yeah. Keith <laughs> Bonapa, tight ends coach, Brian Wozniak, and secondary coach, Blue Adams. Anyways, Wozniak, he's an Ohio guy. He, he was a three-year starter at uh, Wisconsin. You know, he knows the Midwest. And he's a young guy. I mean, uh, Adams, he, you know, he played at Cincinnati, played in the NFL. He was drafted by the Lions, uh, actually. So, you know, there are there are some ties there that, um, you know, you can build off of. And, and, you know, if he retains somebody or, you know, who knows how he'll fill out the rest of his staff. But at this point, I wouldn't say I'm, uh, that's a huge concern. Um, you'll get guys that know the area and they'll learn on the fly. And, and they'll, I think they'll they'll hit the ground uh, running. But. You know, got it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next uh, well, 
couple of weeks. You know, the early signing period is the 20th to the 22nd. Michigan State's down to only eight commits in the class. Uh, last I looked, that was below their <laughs> ranked. They were they were below Central Michigan, I think, in the uh, national rankings. So he'll need to to firm that up. Um, maybe bring some of his OSU guys with him. Um, and then same for the roster. Who knows? Um, they, they have some interesting talent there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be um, December will be interesting. One thing I found interesting, just like in his comments, both of the TV station and, and on BTN a little bit ago is like, he doesn't seem like that torn up about this decision. You know, like they, they gave him a total opportunity to be like, oh, talk the Oregon State fans off the ledge because you're like their their golden child. You know, he's basically a Jim Harbaugh of Oregon state and he left them willingly. And I'm just, he just seems like he's totally at peace with the decision. It doesn't seem like he's got to like, he feels it necessary to like talk the Oregon state fans and make them feel better. I know it's not his job anymore, but it's just like in the interview, it seemed like he had already kind of made his mind up that he was leaving like weeks ago. And he's like, Oh, I wanted to sleep on it one more time after this, the civil war game. And I'm just like, I guess I'm just a little bit surprised by how like calm and, 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 ready to like move on he was because you know he was he's the golden child of Oregon State and he was brought in to restore the program which he did but he seems like he has no issues moving on here well I mean what's he gonna say it doesn't I mean there's nothing he can say that will I mean change the fact that he that he you know he left for uh for a different opportunity you know I mean he he tweeted a statement on uh Saturday afternoon basically thanking everybody in Corvallis saying you know all the right things, but I mean, you you know, he left, I mean, nothing is going to change that. You know, there's nothing you can say that would, you know, smooth that over for the fans. It's just, you know, this is the nature of the business. Oregon state is unfortunately in a a really bad position being one of the pack two now. So yeah, I just, I mean, I think, you know, he talked about, you know, the opportunity and the timing and the fit and, and all that was right. And, you know, if you're an Oregon state fan, it sucks, obviously, but I think you have to at least understand it for certain reasons and why he would make the move right now. Aside from you know recruiting in those areas that we just talked about, what do you think is the main path to success for Jonathan Smith? I tend to think that he needs to get back to, you know, don't copy what Mark D'Antonio was doing, obviously, but I think D'Antonio was, was on the right track with the way to treat Michigan State's program, where you know, just embrace development. And I know Smith just said on BTN that he's going to kind of embrace development more than the transfer portal, which is what I like to hear because I think that's what you have to do at Michigan State. Um, But, you know, just embrace development. Get back to simple sort of styles of play. Get back to simple schemes on defense. Get back to an aggressive style, but also playing within yourself and get the right guys in there. It just seemed like too much, you know, Mel Tucker, after a while, after the 11-win season, you know, posing with pit bulls on the field and bringing cars onto the field and the deep end and, you know, keep chopping. And there was just too much going on. You know, the, the, it was just too much marketing and not enough substance. And I just feel like Jonathan Smith seems like he knows. I think he has a lot to learn about Michigan State. First of all, the culture, things that have going on. I mean, he's been on the outside looking in. I think people like Tom Izzo, who he said he had dinner with, or Tom Izzo said he had dinner with him, will help him sort of learn that. But I just think getting back to basics and, and not making Michigan State something that it isn't would be a nice way to go about this. But what do you see as the keys to him having success? Yeah, I mean, I won't get into all the Mel stuff, but he, I mean, he said one thing and did another. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of my constantly, my, constantly my my take on it. But um, what I mean, the number one thing for Smith, you know, kind of it would be what's what's the identity of this program? 
they didn't have an identity under Mel Tucker other than the secondary was pretty terrible the entire time. That was about the only consistent thing. And canine. Yeah. And canine. That's it. Yeah. Well, that was, a, that was, that was, uh, that was 12 games. Uh, so yeah, I mean, establish an identity, you know, they, it, you know, it don't have to be this score 70 points a game, bring, sling the ball around the field and, and give up 50. That's not, that's not sustainable, but you know, and, and they were pretty balanced, like, you know, top 40 offense, top 40 defense at Oregon State this year. So, you know, it's not like he's putting everything on one side of the ball, but, you know, establish an identity, build, you know, a culture. Um, yeah, I mean, just and develop players, you know, I, I don't know how he, how good he'll be able to recruit. He's able to make some good pulls. There's uh, the Childs guy, the, the quarterback, he was a Four-star kid from California, top 60 overall recruit who who he landed and, and played as a true freshman. And that's a guy to, to keep an eye on, uh, obviously, when the when the portal opens. But yeah, I mean, just establish an identity and 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 you you gotta be able to compete with the big teams. You can't just like, I mean, it it's just embarrassing this season. You know, they played four top 15 teams and they were non-competitive all the way around. So, you know, they lost, was it one? What was the total number of points? Like trying to remember. It's like one, 170, to, they were outscored 170 to 10 by Washington, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Two of those were shutouts. I mean, that's just, come on. Like those are, those are really good teams for sure. But Michigan State should not be looking like they don't belong on the same field as Penn State. That's and that's exactly what it looked like. They didn't look yeah, like they I, were. It looked like varsity versus JV. I mean, it was so that that can't happen. You have to be more competitive. You know, I'm not saying you got to you come in. You're gonna you beat all all you know Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan next year. But gotta gotta start closing that gap because it looks really wide. Well, even with those, you know, when when Mark D'Antonio would have his you know 500, seven and six teams, like they would still compete in games. You know, they yeah. felt like they would just go out there and get housed. And that has become all too common these last two years for Michigan State. I mean, what did they lose? Was it 34 nothing to Minnesota on their home field two years ago or something oh, like God, that? I mean, that. it was yeah. it was just embarrassing to Minnesota, let alone the big boys. I mean, way too many blowouts. And it's just it's unacceptable for a program like Michigan State. Uh, you agree easier to recruit to East Lansing and Michigan State than Corvallis in the Pac-12, though? So maybe? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough spot to recruit, especially now, you know, with the with you know, the Pac-12 crumbling, um, you know, you're, what I think he's going to be able to understand, obviously, is kind of the place Michigan State's at, you know, because he knows what it's like to be trying to be kind of the upstart when you've got the bigger brand in the state. You know, he was Oregon State. Oregon is Oregon. You know, the Ducks have more money. They're more of a national brand. And, you know, that's, let's be honest, that's what the case is with Michigan State and Michigan. You know, obviously Michigan State's had um, a lot of success against Michigan since the D'Antonio era, but um, the gap the gap between those programs obviously looks extremely wide right now. So I think he'll be able to embrace that that kind of you know chip on the shoulder. I mean, I don't know, I'm sick of hearing that, but you know what I mean. So it's just you know I think he'll he'll understand where Michigan State fits and and know what it takes to to win there. So um, and that includes obviously recruiting which is a challenge anywhere, but it's, you know, including at, at Michigan state. Any concern going from keep chopping to hiring a coach of the Beavers? 
No. <laughs> yes. No. I. Uh, the, the, sorry. I, I just kind of thought of that. I, maybe that was a miss. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> the uh, the the chopping thing. Uh, yeah, that it, it got chopped out. So um, hopefully we <laughs> we can put that one to to bed just because uh, it got used a little too much. But yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I'm I'm interested to to hear from tomorrow and and get to get to kind of know him and, and what he's what he's like as a coach and a person and, and see how he runs a program and, and see how that it's all going to work out. It's going to be a be a really interesting spring because by you know March they'll they'll have a roster and and start seeing what they're what they're capable of doing. I just I would like to have him. You know, I I haven't heard him talk a lot. I obviously, just watched the BTN thing and yeah, he seems well spoken. I just it would be nice to have a coach who actually said something, you know, once in a while of substance because Mel Tucker just like, it was like a soup of coach speak all the time. I mean, I don't have to tell you that you heard him more than anyone, but like, it would just be nice to have a coach who's actually going to like, you know, give a little bit of insight or say something a little bit different or let us know what he's thinking every once in a while, because Mel Tucker gave the fans absolutely nothing. And that didn't help with anything when you go out there and get crushed and you're acting like you need to, keep everything secret and not put out depth charts and, and then you still getting smoked. It doesn't give a lot of viability. So I, I just hope, you know, when we, when we hear Jonathan Smith talk tomorrow, he seems like he, he knows what he wants to do. Um, he, he seems like he's learning and willing to learn about Michigan state. Cause I do think that is going to be a big key. It's a very different culture going from Oregon state up in the great Northwest to coming to Michigan in the Midwest. Um, you know, you mentioned similarities and, you know, kind of like the, you know, I guess the lesser of the two programs in the state. I do think that Michigan state, is much more accomplished than Oregon state when you compare them side to side. But I do think that there's going to be kind of a culture shock and I hope that he's willing to learn and embrace the culture and is able to do that. And I, I am curious to see sort of if he says anything like interesting tomorrow, because I remember Mel Tucker's opening press conference and it was a snooze fest. Uh, and it, it really all throughout his tenure, he didn't say much of anything. So I'm sure for you as a beat reporter, you would like it if uh, he had something interesting to say, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Mel, Mel Mel did not. Yeah, he didn't say anything other than his famous line after the the loss at Washington uh, last year. But yeah, I mean, I think there's a balance. Like you 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 want to give fans some information, um, but not you know give away everything. Which I understand. And football coaches are the most paranoid people in the universe. So um, anyway, like I just. I mean, Harlan, I, I thought Harlan did a good job uh, as far as dealing with the media. He gave us some, you know, information. He was he was pretty candid most of the time or all the time. And so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure what he's going to what he's going to give on a regular basis. But, you know, we'll see tomorrow where he's what the this, what the starting point is and, and go from there. Either way, this is a it's a fresh start for Michigan State from a chapter that they they desperately need to turn the page on. And uh, I don't know, I guess fans should be optimistic right now. I mean, how do you feel about it all? Because it seems like this hire has been very well received pretty much by everyone other than the folks in Corvallis, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this was this was a good hire again. Alan did, a, you know, he he had he had the runway to get there, you know, with the, the change in September. You know, he had that time you know, next to Northwestern, which, you know, they, they, they made their hire before. So that was, you know, in the end, this was the longest coaching search there was um, open in college. And and he had the time to identify and work through the process and keep it quiet and get his guy when he needed him. And so, yeah, I mean, I can't find a negative thing in, in this hire right now based on where, where we stand. And, but, you know, again, nobody knows how this is going to work out. So we'll, we'll see. 
We will see, and we'll hear from him uh, for the first time, I guess, officially tomorrow. Uh, Matt will be there covering, and there'll be plenty of coverage on MLive.com slash Spartans. Uh, we're all over the Jonathan Smith stuff, a lot of posts up there already. So we'll see what the new head man has to say. But I think Michigan State fans should be excited. Um, turn the page with the Mel Tucker era in the rear view. It was uh, an interesting era, if nothing else, between COVID and 11 wins and the tunnel and you know, just the scandal and everything that's gone on. So uh, we'll see if Michigan State football can can do some things this offseason and come back stronger and, and more like the program that fans are used to seeing uh, next fall. Uh, obviously, Michigan State basketball lost a close one to Arizona. Kyle is not here at the moment. Didn't work out with the schedules, but uh, maybe we can talk about that in the future. But you guys were there. You saw the game. It's a few days old. And Michigan State basketball plays tomorrow against Georgia Southern, 630 on BTN. It's their only game this week. So obviously around the holidays, you know, usually a little bit slower uh, time period for sports and football's in the rear view. So uh, we will turn the page on uh, the football season. We'll track Jonathan Smith and we'll track the basketball team as they look to get back on track. Well, that'll do it, I think, for today. So for Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to Live Spartan Confidential Podcast. We'll talk to you next time, and go green.